0: Hello, I'm Joe and welcome to the latest edition of the Cult Heroes Manchester City 9320 podcast. Uh, Joining me today is my fellow Cult Hero Connoisseur, who always likes to join me on these uh, adventures, Mr Howard Hocking. Um, And I think we've got potentially the best of the lot today in terms of... Uh, the variety of different topics and subjects these players cover uh, and how they're regarded by Manchester City fans. Um, so, yeah. Howard, how are you, sir? Are you looking forward to this? Uh, yeah, very much. We've been arguing for days on who to
1: include, haven't we? So, two yeah. in and fro-in. So, yeah, absolutely. I think two, uh, obviously, very interesting players. I'm surprised we haven't done before, to be honest. But uh, I think, yeah, I was actually... Discussing this with friends in the pub last night, thinking, and very very rare, I'm in a pub on a Monday night. I should point out someone's <laughs> birthday, so <laughs> that is not normal for me. So I'm struggling today. Uh, yeah, I think one of the players definitely. You yeah, know, we always talk about the definition of a cult hero, and I think that will come up with this. the more modern player. I don't know which order you do in these two, but the more modern, recent player, I think. Uh, this discussion to have again about what defines a cult hero so yeah, yeah totally.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah totally i think i think um div- is probably the, the word that you could use to summarize both in a way because depending on wow. so specifically with the player who was at the club um earlier than the other um a lot of the time i found when discussing this player in the past, it comes down to how people themselves view the game and the fundamental mm. parts of the game. Uh, so whilst they're both, I think one, it's fair to say, is much more highly regarded than the other, uh, but whilst they're both mercurial talents, they're both definitely divisive and and probably um, s- signal and, and encapsulate the time of the club they played at, if that makes sense. And... Um, In terms of like everything, certainly with with the the latter we're going to discuss today, went through him. So, I would yeah, I would
1: actually argue the opposite in a way in that they both stood out like a sore thumb for different reasons from the players around them. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Yeah, yeah, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Right. So with. No further introduction then, we're going to get into to the first one um, and he was the one who represented the club more recently uh, uh-huh. and that is Mr Mario Balotelli Now, <clears throat> just to set the scene before we do get uh, into the weeds he joined from Inter for £20 million or there or thereabouts on the 12th of August 2010 uh, with his manager Roberto Mancini commenting City fans will enjoy watching him that was probably a prophetic statement. Um, Howard, what what do you recall from from Balatale, from Moravi? He did have a big reputation in, in Italy with Inter as this kind of wonder kid, quote-unquote wonder kid, that had exasperated Mourinho beyond the point of no return. He'd just yeah. been part of a squad that had actually won the treble. Um, it was the last Inter team who got to Champions League final before Istanbul, and they won it against... Um, I think it was Bayern at the Bernabeu. So he was part of that squad, but it was surprising at the time and probably indicative of what was to come that they were so prepared to let him go. How do you recall him at the time? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't admit to knowing a huge amount about him,
1: but I would say it's a sort of signing that excites fans, definitely, young. Uh, I mean, what would he have been at the time he joined? 20 or 21? 18. Is that young? Have I got yeah. my sums so wrong? Oh, it's 2010, of course. It's 13 years. I mean, he's only 32 now. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, the, maybe it's a bit early for YouTube video reels. Not really, but I mean, you could see the the just innate skill this youngster had. Dick's yeah, bursting in onto the scene. I mean, it's just it ticks every box, doesn't it? For for like raw talent, young, explosive, forward player, it's like what's not to like you know, and you don't know that much about him how can you at that age? You don't know how they're gonna develop, but you're excited to, to follow them and see the journey. So I wasn't an expert on him, definitely, but we were signing up so many players at the time. It's <laughs> he could he, you know it's maybe he didn't stand out in that respect because we're on such a fast track journey from two thousand eight in the next five years and, of course, since then, that maybe it did stand out exciting. It was just one of a group that every time a player arrived, he was one of many, I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, this is like, he well, struggled really to comprehend at the time. Yeah, this is what we are now. We're signing these sort of players. And, yeah, I, at the time, I think I felt he complemented the, the other signings in the squad as well because he was different and you need
0: that in a squad, a bit of variety. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just to add to that, I think he was part of that, that famous summer where yeah. David Silva, Yaya Toure, Kolarov, I think we've all seen the, the famous photo at the Etihad with Mancini stood behind them in that in that wonderful Joe Mercer jacket. Um, and yeah, it was such an exciting summer and they just seemed to be rolling through the door one after the other. Um, he actually made his debut in the Europa League against FC Timisoara. anyone remember them? Um, he scored, but I can't remember if it was in the act of scoring typical of Balotelli, I think it was Um, in the act of scoring his first goal for the club he injures his knee, um, his meniscus, which actually required surgery meaning that, and I think this game against Timișoara from memory forgive me, it's probably not the best but I think it was a qualifier to get into the, the, the group stage so it was July, August time maybe oh no, he signed in the August, so it can't have been long after his is signing um but nevertheless it would keep him out until October. so it was almost like he was um I, you know I recall going into that season it was manchin first full season and, and it was when kind of Tevez was the main man, but it was all very temperamental. we were always on tender hooks with what was going to come next with tevez um the other players at the team were like Adebayor who was in and out of the team. And then we were settling in, obviously, the likes of David Silva and Yaya Toure, who would go on to become fide club legends. So it was almost like he was uh, an ace up the sleeve. And we didn't really know what to expect. He does come back from injury um, after the surgery and plays in a, in a game where we actually lost 3-0 to Arsenal at home uh, off the bench. Now that was a game where, I'm not expecting people to remember this, but I believe we went down to, to 10 men very early on. I think Bayata got sent off. Um, good god, how yeah. time has flown by, has it not? That... Yeah, do you recall this vaguely? Um, how <laughs> very, I think Nasri ran, ran the show for Arsenal, yeah, which was probably prophetic for him and City. I'm using that word a lot. Um, his first Premier League start, however, comes at the Hawthorns and in very typical Balotelli fashion, he scores a brace in a 2 0 win. Uh, a high flying West Brom team who were doing well at the time, um before being sent off for violent conduct now if that's not uh, a sentence that sums Mario Balotelli up Howard I don't know what is um, do you have any memories of this this game at the Hawthorns and and essentially he's I think he is 19 by this point he's making his debut he's scoring essentially the winning goals but there's no um, Balotelli moment without some controversy is there no matter how no. good yeah what a perfect summation of
1: everything that's going to follow I don't to be honest, I don't remember it that well. Uh, the my faint uh, old West Brom memories are going now. As soon as lose two nil to uh, <laughs> in those <laughs> days, where we were really rubbish. But violent conduct. I mean, yeah. I'm <laughs> The thing is, we were stacked, weren't we, in up front at the time? And we would be in the next couple of years. It's weird when we're later winning titles with no strikers, just mm. how much talent we had up front in this period. So he didn't really arrive to go... He didn't necessarily have to be straight into the team. He was part of the squad, and at his age, of course, he had time to develop. Uh, yeah, he, he... It was a straight red after a yellow as well, I think. So he it's just kicking yeah. out at someone, which is just... Kind of. I don't want to go straight into the disciplinary side because I guess there'll be more examples of this to come. So, uh, yeah, that was him all over once. Uh, Frustrated, brilliance, frustration, bit of everything, all all in one game. And you could put it down to youth, but essentially, that is what you were going to get for good. <laughs> but it was still exciting to see and I guess if they won the game at the time you probably didn't really I doubt we would have been laying into him at the time because he because we won the game and he scored the goals so at the time it didn't it probably wasn't seen as a problem but sadly it was
0: uh, the shape of things to come Yeah I think it's a good summation that Howard I think it pretty much encapsulates what Balotelli was uh, in 90 minutes or however long he played before receiving his marching orders Um Will stay in that season though. He, he he actually in in the months after this uh, wins what's turned out to be I don't know if prestigious is too heavy a word for it, but you know the Golden Boy Award that yeah. is awarded to talented young players, and I think there's been some notable winners, including a young Lionel Messi. Um, he actually wins this award, Balotelli, for the year 2010, and describes himself as as much better than previous winners with only Messi being slightly better than him uh, which caused headlines Um, and then follows this up with a hat-trick against Aston Villa Um, and I seem to recall this was the first we saw of his penalty-taking skills where he continually sent um, Brad Friedel the wrong way and stood in front of him with his arms out Um, penalties were something that in a weird way considering the madness I came to Want Balotelli to be involved with because of his cool, calm, collectedness from the penalty spot. I recall one, and I think you'll you'll know where I'm going with this against Spurs in the title-winning season. Mm. In a horrible topsy-turvy game uh, where he stuck up. This was after he'd stamped on Scott Parker, if you remember, and remained on the pitch, um, and we got a penalty in the. I think it was the 94th minute, wasn't it? And I recall him stepping up to take it and being very confident to the point of certainty that he was going to score. He just didn't seem to feel... He was a bit weird, wasn't he? In the sense that he didn't really seem to be bothered by football, Mm. whether it was handling himself as a professional and and not getting sent off or the highest of pressure penalties, just brushing it aside and and burying it as if it was a kickabout with his mates. bit of Edison in him, really. It's like...
1: Does yeah. he know he's in a high-pressure match and with everything at stake? Because he certainly doesn't act like it. They'd missed an absolute sitter just before, not they? I can't remember. Yeah, defo at the back stick. Defi- yeah, I say sitter. Well, I don't know. He stretched for it, didn't he? And just, I think he got something on it and just couldn't direct it in. And then that penalty was huge. And I've just checked up. His, he has missed five penalties in his career, but by the time he'd left City, I don't think he'd missed any in his career. To no. welcome Sin City, I would say he's the greatest penalty taker I've seen at the time. I mean, Yaya yeah, Torre is obviously the other one in the discussion, whereby mm. you absolutely expect a goal when they step up to take a penalty. Uh, and for that, yeah, <laughs> he was absolutely brilliant for us. So. And Very the, yeah, the pressure wasn't of that, I know the pressure of that one. It's like even like. Fulham at home this season, you know, Erling Haaland steps up, does a last minute penalty. It wasn't a great penalty, was it? Let's be honest. It kind of squirmed under the keeper. With Balotelli, it's like, yeah, you had no doubt that we'd probably just won the game when we got a penalty later on.
0: And it always begs the question what if Aguero had gone down, foreshadowing? Anyway, moving forward. The next notable part of this season, um, sorry, we've jumped back and forth there with penalties from various parts of his City career, but uh, the next notable part is quite um, a topsy-turvy evening in the Europa League for young Mario. Um, he starts the evening by seemingly struggling to to put his bib on, <laughs> which is picked up with delight from Robbie Savage and the guys in the, uh, I want to say, BT... Um, pundit box but I don't think it was BT at the time, it may have been ESPN from memory. Um before being sent off for violent conduct. What else? Um early on in a game against Dynamo Kiev. Uh, I think it was the quarter final um which sees City eliminated. Again, you know i I'm just reading off you know some of the notes I've put together for this podcast and they just seem to summarise his career in one sentence. <laughs> Like, it's, it's just mad, isn't it? Like, I, mean, I so think we can all vividly remember the Bib incident. It was
1: a bounce, yeah. Well, the red card was, it was a bouncing ball. So he puts his studs up, his foot up towards the ball, but then connects with the Kiev player's chest and kind of leaves it there for a bit. And it's like many of his disciplinary problems or many of the tackles and many of the red cards or the ones that follow him throughout his city career you could see it both ways. Mm. It's like, well, it's a bouncy ball, and he went for it, and yet you could also think, well, he probably meant that, and he's left something in on a player. It was like, he wasn't like some dirty player from the 70s leaving his in all the time. He was always just on the edge of like... And that's the problem. It soon became self-fulfilling. So, I mean, in our title-winning season, I think, it was four red cards in one season, which is just nonsense. But it got to the mm-hmm. point eventually that It didn't matter what he did. It felt like as soon as he stepped on a pitch, he was going to get a card. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description.